0: Love Talk Radio.
1: More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible, Cecil Lammick. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Konkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on.
0: the blue Out of this place, someone you can lay ahead in for grace. It's a beautiful day. You got you feel like. it's a beautiful day. You
2: let it get away. And it is a beautiful day. It is NFL draft. Welcome red versus blue sports talk radio wherever you may be thanks for making us part of your day this is our draft day special we are very excited to have a special guest on today uh nick scott east bay folk will be joining us later to break down all of the draft action from a dynasty football perspective Uh, so let's listen to this draft day promo
1: after years of blood sweat and tears it All comes down to this. Draft Weekend o To celebrate this year's Gridiron Draft, the Fantasy Sports Channel is rushing more than 24 hours of live draft action your way. And we're the only place on the planet to do it with a fantasy football twist. Excitement begins Saturday, April 25th at 10 a.m. Eastern with 14 continuous hours of non-stop draft day coverage plus another live draft block beginning Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. And this is Red versus Blue
2: Sports Talk Radio. I'm your host Scott Atkins and uh, we'll be joined by Michael Trent in just a couple
0: of minutes. Here we go.
1: One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time on Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike.
0: All right, everybody, we're gonna get right to it. This is Red versus Blue Sports Talk
2: Radio. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Team Legacy Scott Adkins uh, in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and uh, I'm joined as always by my big blue co-host from Brandon, Burke, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, we're just a couple hours away from kicking things off, and. From what I hear, the Rams, uh, maybe a smokescreen last night with that uh, plane ticket to Sanchez. They are receiving calls from several teams for this pick.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, first off, I want to thank you. I'm I'm enjoying this. Uh, It is a beautiful day. Draft day, NFL draft day, you can't beat it. Uh, The Rams, they're going to receive calls and receive calls. They're going to entertain options. I don't know what they're going to do with it, uh, but they they are in a very good uh, situation, very good position uh, to be in uh, with that second pick. Uh, they got a lot of leverage there. So, uh, you know, what they do with it, I'm not sure. They've got, uh, what, about uh, two hours and uh, 20 minutes until they pick. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll find out. But uh, they are in a very good situation, and uh, I think the Chiefs uh, behind them, Seattle, you know, Chiefs pretty much know where they're going. Uh, Seattle behind uh, uh, Kansas City. Uh, it could uh, it could determine uh, what the Rams do could determine what Seattle does. So it's going right. to be it's going to be interesting to watch.
2: Well, and you know what the Rams do? They replace Mark Bolger is what they do. They take this Mark Sanchez kid, and that's just my gut. That's what it tells me. But then again, the offers they're getting uh, have got to be coming from a couple of teams. What league sources are telling us today. Uh, this is all uh, posted on NFL.com. The Broncos at picks 12 and 18 are interested in the two-pick. They have plenty of firepower to get that done. Uh, obviously, uh, the Skins at pick 13, the the rumors haven't died down, Mike. Uh, it, it sounds like Zorn wants his guy and Campbell's not his guy. So, uh, you know, you, at 13, they probably have enough to get it done. And then don't discount the New York football Jets, J-E-T-S, at the 17 pick. They really like this Sanchez kid. I have heard that they also are interested, uh, the Jets, <clears throat> I always like to cover my Jets here. Uh, they always, they are interested in uh, Brady Quinn. Uh, they're also interested in Jason Campbell. Now, if they lose out on the Sanchez sweepstakes, I've heard that they can pursue or, or they will pursue Campbell and possibly Quinn. Now, Quinn is one of those guys uh, – Brady Quinn's already, uh, Denver was looking their, his direction, and he, he was. they were already shot down. They were told no pretty much uh, flat out. So I don't know why they would tell somebody else anything different unless they just have different pieces to offer. But uh, there's several teams in this Mark Sanchez sweepstakes, Mike, and your guess is as good as mine.
0: Well, and the, the thing with uh, Brady Quinn is very, very interesting because uh, Cleveland, they they finally got him. Uh, it took forever for him to be drafted, and uh that's going to be interesting to watch, too. But uh, it, it took forever for him to get drafted. He, he got drafted. It looked like he was an error apparent. And uh, it doesn't seem like him and Mangini will work out. But I think that uh, I think Derek Anderson is, is a great quarterback. Uh, or not great, but he's very good. And so they had to move one. So it looks like they're really focused on moving Quinn. Uh, I've heard about the Jets talk uh, with Quinn. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the Jets, that's going to be that's always fun. Uh, I know you love to cover the Jets, and I love for people to cover the Jets because it's it's, it's kind of comical year after year after year on who yeah. they're going to pick. It's not like, well, who went one, who went two. Yeah, it's a big deal. Who did the Jets take? Well, and there's
2: there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of quarterbacks to go around here next year if they can just hold off. You know, go ahead and right. take maybe a running back. If Moreno's there, maybe. Uh, obviously, there there's rumors of of wide receivers uh, like Macklin dropping that low. I can't see that happening. If he does, great. Okay, yeah. we'll take him. But you know, I'm I'm the type of guy that would look. I, I would go for a Percy Harvin. You know, if if, if he's still there. I'm, I'm I've already voiced that last night, and I don't want, I don't want to meet that. Uh, horse again, but uh, jets cool. are always fun. If I had a sound clip to play, I'd play it right now. We uh, we do have a special guest uh, this week. We've been uh, talking about it. It's been all over the chat boards uh, here in the high-stakes world and on footballguys.com, East Bay Funk uh, on the message boards. Nick Scott is with us. Nick, are you with me?
3: Yeah, I'm right here.
2: How are you? Glad to have you aboard uh, Red vs. Blue Radio and the Fantasy Sports com. Yeah, it's
3: nice to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, Nick, the reason why we uh, did want you on, obviously, uh, you put a lot of time into uh, evaluating talent coming in every year. We thoroughly enjoy uh, your debates and your uh, critiques and criticisms on rookies coming into the NFL. And uh, we just thought we'd have you on uh, because uh, there's been lots of, lots of guys. Uh, matter of fact, I see them pouring into the chat room right now that have uh have some questions for you and and have been looking at your ratings and your rankings and 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 you know let's let's just let's just jump right into it how about
3: okay sure
2: i've got uh, i've got your rankings up here and 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 for all those to, that haven't found it uh they're over at football guys and um it's a it's a post titled uh dynasty 2009 top 24 rookies uh it's the final pre-draft edition that uh EBF uh, puts out and I think this last update was um, – when was your last update here? It was just, just – I
3: actually just updated it a couple of days ago. It might have even Great. been you know, two days ago, I think.
2: Yeah, 423,
3: it says. Yep. All right. uh, what do you? What do you uh, – before
2: we get to your rankings, though, what are you looking at uh, today? What, do you, wh- what are some of the things that you're anxiously kind of seeing where some of these guys shake out?
3: Uh, nothing specific, really. I mean, just general curiosity, just who goes where, and then kind of take it from there.
2: Yeah, you are, I don't know if you're anything like me. I'm, I'm Again, I'm a Jets fan. I'm always wanting to see what they do. And at the Jets pick at 17, and I, I, I know you've uh, been pretty high on Harvin as well. I think you have yeah. him, your number four wide receiver. He's number my number two. two. Now. I bumped
3: him up oh, to number, two.
2: He, you've, you've got him up to your number two wide receiver. Yeah, I do. All right. Well we're thinking a lot alike then. Tell us tell us what you see in Percy Harvin and, and how his game is going to translate. Do you see it in the NFL?
3: He just says everything. He's a playmaker. He's quick, fast, strong, productive. Just still a lot to like, really. I mean, there's nothing that I don't like. I mean, he's not the biggest guy. He's not going to be a red zone threat, but I think he can be kind of a Coles or Santana Moss type player, just a speedy guy who can make plays all over the field.
0: Hey, Nick, this is Mike. Uh, uh, I'm kind of a – I got a little bit of a problem with uh, Percy Harvin. Uh, Everything you just said, I totally agree with. uh, Scott and I, we've been going back and forth uh, with the Percy Harvin deal. Uh, He's really high on him. Uh, Do you consider – I mean, would you consider uh, Percy Harvin uh, high risk,
3: though? Um, I think you have to consider that, but you have to also kind of decide if – if it's going to be a chronic problem, or if it's going to be, if he's going to be someone who, once he gets picked, once he gets in there, can take care of business. And I think when you look at the college career, he always played hard and took care of business on game day. So yeah, he's got the off-field stuff. But I don't think he's a Charles Rogers type. I don't think he's a a thug. I think he's just a little bit spoiled and immature. Right. I don't think oh. that's going to hold him back.
2: Yeah, they've got to get the right surroundings. Uh, surroundings and your friends are so important. Um, around this time of your life, and you know you've been told all all your life that you're great and you know you're magnificent yeah. and you can do no wrong, right. and now you get to the NFL and these these teams have a way of digging out all the dirt and finding out everything they can about you, and it's got to be somewhat of a of a a blow to call. an ego. Yeah, a wake up call to your ego to yeah. say, "Wow, the, 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 everything they say about you know." Um, character and, and making the right decisions is important. I mean, it's going to cost him likely millions for, for his antics uh, leading up to this draft.
3: Maybe so. They're saying that teams are still pretty high on him despite everything, that he's actually rising the last couple of days. And so we could see him go higher than he's projected. But I just think in the long run, I don't see it being a big problem. I mean, you never know. But every player has risk. So I'd rather go with someone who has the talent and take a chance on – character and go with someone who just doesn't have the good
0: well and another thing a, a lot of times uh nick and scott is that that you know we hear there's so many players out there that are so talented that continue to do the job over and over and over again and i guess that the uh the bad stuff so to speak is uh highlighted so much that the the good act kind of outweighs the bad so uh, basically, when uh, when Percy Harvin, wh- whoever he may go to, uh, once he settles in and gets acclimated, because he's going to be a rookie. He's a new kid on the block, and there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people in the organization, teammates, et cetera, they're going to say, wait a second here. Now, you're a rookie. Let's let, let's get this right. Let's get on this, uh right page
3: immediately, and let's don't mess this thing up. All right. And I think uh... – touched on one of the things that's important with him he was the number one player coming out of his class in high school so i think he's especially spoiled because he's had a lot of things handed to him and a lot of special treatment since the time he was a high school kid so you have to kind of factor that into the equation i mean this guy's been on the track to be a pro probably the last you know six eight years so it's probably kind of distorted his sense of reality which i think is understandable a little bit so kind of give him a pass for that
0: so <laughs> these guys and, have but I tell you what, I, I tell you what, real quick, Scott. Uh, I'm still going to stand pat, though. Uh, I'm not, I'm not as high on him as you guys are. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep going with that. <laughs>
2: I tell you what, these chat room guys are killing me. They, you got uh, Johnny Archive, Fantasy CPR Live, uh, Jay Dam, Shodan, um football jones you got uh, all these guys in here that are talking about uh you got we even got a lions fan in here and and they he says they're not happy most of the city isn't happy about the stafford pick that's the first i've heard of that um i i I assume that they were glad to get this done and 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 take a guy and and be confident with it get the deal done before the last thing you want is your number one pick and you still don't aren't decided um I, I would have well, thought that they would 16, have be
0: happy about much at all.
2: Yeah. But uh they 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 were they were joking around in the chat room. Can you imagine if the Lions had taken Crabtree?
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: you know, they just year after year taking those wide outs. I mean
0: Another wide receiver. <laughs>
2: Nick Nick, I'm just yeah. gonna ask you, uh, you know, with Crabtree, is he falling uh, a little bit or are 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 there rumors um, that he's um Going to get past uh, a couple of those teams and fall down to the Raiders?
3: I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't follow where the guys are going to go as much as I look at the talent and try to decide how they're going to do once they get there. So I I can't really tell you too much about the draft stock, but, I mean, I just don't see him flipping out of the top ten. He's too good, and this class is too thin at the top. I think someone takes a chance on him. Maybe he could fall out of the top five, though.
2: Well, let's get back to your rankings then. The phone number, if you want to talk to uh, EBF or ask a question, 347-324-5404. Uh, we, we've got the rankings. I did find your updated one. Sorry about that. I was looking okay. at the the ones you posted earlier. That's fine. Uh, so you have Percy Harvin at two as your number two wide receiver. And right. the other one that just kind of stands out to me is Sean Green. And we've got some people in the chat room <laughs> that want to talk to you about that.
0: Okay. Okay. Um,
2: they're, they're asking, you know, Green looks like they have been sliding down boards the last couple of days, but Dam uh, is asking, do you think as he does that his skills are being undervalued? He says he has good football speed and can catch when he's thrown to. So I'll give it to you.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk that he doesn't bring much in the passing game as a blocker or a receiver. But I think you have to compare him to someone like Michael Turner, Stephen Davis, or Rudy Johnson, guys who you know, are really in there for the running skills. <laughs> and not really in there to catch all the passes and I think if you look at him from that perspective he's very good and has the potential to be very productive.
2: You know, I, I only caught uh I just talked to a friend this morning that uh I, I counsel with because he's a big college fan and he's always on rivals and recruits looking at the websites and, and, and watching player uh a talent much like you do, Nick, and yeah. he said I, I told him about your ranking of Sean Green and he said, Ask him yeah he as slow as he looks because he said he watched him play that Penn State game and yeah. he said, I don't know if he was injured or not, but the whole game he just looked like he was running in
0: second speed.
3: Yeah, well I think they won that game and he had over 100 yards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, he's just a guy at the end of the day the numbers are there. He's not going to allow you. He doesn't have a second gear but he's got power. He's got a good frame, built low to the ground, strong leg drive, and some quick feet. I would say that's the difference between him and the typical big back, you know, usually they're just slow kind of plotting guys. Who just can't create behind the line. And I think he has the footwork and the ability to cut and change directions. And that's what kind of sets him apart from his typical big slow back. So his you know, speed isn't his game, but I've seen him run away from people too. Had some long I know in the Purdue game he had a really long touchdown run where he just ran under the linebacker had a line on him and couldn't catch him, so I don't think he's really as slow as he looks, but he's definitely not a burner
2: well, and so much depends on so much depends on where they go. obviously, yeah. you can only rank so much before the draft and then after the draft, sort of everything changes because now it's real time it's here. it doesn't mean that you think any less of the player but you may think less of their opportunity or the time that you have to uh, to wait on a player. I mean, you know, if a if a if a No Sean Moreno uh, gets drafted, you know, in a in a lame brain Jacksonville move and now he's behind Maurice Jones-Drew, well, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, can't draft him. You know, I'm going to have to wait several years for him if when that kind of thing happens.
3: Yeah, there's two ways to look at that. I mean, you can one way to look at it is, yeah it's disappointing that he got picked by a team where he's not going to have an opportunity. But another way to look at it is if you're looking for kind of a value pick or a sleeper, someone who you really like who goes into a bad situation, suddenly you might be able to get them a lot cheaper. So that's, that's one of the perks. But right. I definitely think opportunity is critical. I mean, you look at last year, Slayton, Chris Johnson, and Forte. I don't necessarily think they're the best backs. From that class, but they all went places where they could get a lot of playing time immediately, and I think that's really right. important. So I'm going to keep yeah, an I, eye I, on that. You know,
0: I, to, I, I totally agree, Nick. Because uh, Steve Slayton, you know, who was to who was to know that he would have the kind of year he did? uh yeah. But the only reason that he did was he was given the opportunity. And next thing you knew is like, holy cow, this guy can this guy can really run. Uh, he gets ball out of the backfield, and uh, he's he's a speed burner. Um, right. So you know that that kind of that kind of worked out well for Houston, and it's it's kind of tough when you're picking these backs. Like for instance, I know Sean Marino. I I don't see any way, any rhyme or reason. Uh, Philadelphia is going to get Marino, and that's who they want. Now, how long will he be behind uh, Brian Westbrook? One, two years? Will that hurt him or help him? You know, that that's a question that I'm that I'm curious about when you're talking about these uh, running backs, wide receivers, uh, being drafted, well, especially running backs, being drafted in a position to where they may be a backup slash, uh, you know, do half the time, Uh, does that hurt or help? I mean, what do you guys think, Scott, Nick, uh, to be thrown into the wolves as a running back? Because we've talked about it quarterbacks, but as far as running backs, thrown into the wolves right away or give it a year or two?
3: Well, I think if, you're, if you have the talent, you have the talent. And I don't think it's so much a matter of seasoning. It's just you know, when you get the opportunity. If you have the talent, you're going to take advantage of it. So, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I had just mentioned how important the early opportunity was. But then I can remember a few years back, Kevin Jones was picked by the Lions, and he had the chance to start right away. And Steven Jackson, picked by the Rams, had to wait a couple of years behind Falk and uh, ended up being a much better player. So I mean, you just never really know, but I think it's a, it's a good thing. I think if they have the opportunity right away.
0: Yeah,
2: three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number we're speaking with. East Bay Funk uh, from the message boards at Football Guys and uh, Dynasty Player. Uh, Nick, you play a lot of do you play redraft or mainly Dynasty?
3: Uh, a little bit of both.
2: A little bit of both. Yeah. <sighs> I, I know we're in several uh, dynasty leagues together. Matter of fact, we're also uh, Mike just got uh, invited to that uh, PDFFL that we're in, the 24-man okay. dynasty league. I don't know if you got a chance to see the, the the trade that we pulled off, but I think it's good for both of our teams. I give up Eli Manning, Lee Evans, and Clinton Portis, and he gives up Dwayne Bowe, the 1-6 rookie and the 3-3 rookie.
3: Okay. Yeah, I mean with picks it's always just a matter of who you take because they can be great or they can be nothing. So um it's risky but this is the upside.
0: I, I think it I think it definitely helps out uh both of us uh you know, not to dwell on this uh, trade too much, but uh the reason we gave up the one six along with that was uh because I, I still I got the one three. So, you know, yeah. there's kind of a buffer there to where I could uh I was uh, being able to do that.
3: Right, and I think you're getting three people who can come in and start for you, which is pretty nice so.
2: yeah i I think in that league uh, it's a it's a quarterback heavy league with one point for every ten yards, so you've got to have a quarterback, right. so that adds value. The way I looked at it, I just kind of said, you know hey Portis for the one six is kind of a straight up deal, right, so
3: at this point, yeah I think
2: so. at this point, so Eli and Evans kind of combined for that bow and that three three i you know, I think Bo is, 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 has the potential to be a 100-catch guy there uh, with Gonzo gone, and I, I knew that was inevitable, but he had so many targets. I think we looked it up last night, Nick. He had 157 targets last year, so I don't know if he's going to have more targets than last yeah. year, but maybe the ball will just have a little bit more touch on it now.
3: Well, they got a better quarterback now, so.
2: Right. We've got, uh, got a full chat room in. Uh, we've got a, got a full chat room today. It's uh, it's awful lively. Um Sports betting man just showed up. You know, we always like to talk on draft day. Uh, not to get off topic here, but what what kind of spread do you have? What are you What are you What are you eating? What are you drinking? All, you know, all, we all do things a little bit different to enjoy this day. Uh, obviously, for me, you know, we just down some pizza, but uh, oh, we we're crunched for time. I've got the the fryer out though. We're gonna have fried pickles. I don't know if you guys like fried pickles or not. So those little. Uh, you know, Sunday things we like to do every once in a while, and um, we've got some pulled pork barbecue that's going to be in the crock pot. Obviously, maybe grab a couple of Heineken or something like that today. I don't know, Mike, what are you doing today?
0: Well, I I fixed the dip earlier, and uh, that didn't work out well, Uh, so it didn't taste very good, but uh, chicken and dumplings, uh, that's in the crock pot, and uh, I got the... uh, I got, got a recipe that I'm gonna I'm gonna use again. Uh, I, actually, I got it from uh, Ralph Berryman. It's um, chicken livers wrapped in uh, bacon, toothpick, put through them and grilled in barbecue sauce, and it's outstanding. Instant heart attack. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Along with a Miller Lite. Yeah. So,
2: so Nick, I don't know if you have uh, as, as as much fun as we do around the house, but uh, I don't know. Are you, guys, are you doing anything special around your setup?
3: No, no. It's a uh, pretty sorry little setup that I've got here. Just a TV, laptop. Uh, got a window in front of me just looking at a nice day. Just relaxing. Yeah.
2: yeah I've been up. Uh, we did our show last night. Uh, stayed up to about 2.30. Got up at 7 a.m. Beautiful day here in Indianapolis. Uh, we're going to be in the 80s. I can understand now why. Uh, those guys down in Florida, you know, pay so much for those houses down there. They have this kind of weather year-round. We're talking with East Bay Funk from the football guy Messes Boards, and I guess Abroad, too. You're probably on, on, on several boards around. But uh, I guess the most interesting uh, rankings you have here, No. Sean Moreno 1, Sean Green 2, Chris Wells 3, and then you have a name here that I don't know if a lot of us are, are real familiar with. Mike, you may be, but Cedric Pierman. Uh, tell me about this kid. What, what, what's uh, What's his story?
3: Well, I gotta give some credit to Matt Waldman from football guys because he is a big Tierman fan, and he kind <clears> of <throat> opened my eyes to him a little bit but what I like about him is that he's got the size to be a starter he's uh i think about two fifteen yeah uh, has a high four three forty times so he's got speed did really well at the combine overall he's got power speed and size and versatility I just watching him play he can do a little bit of everything so I think. When you look at the uh, kind of second-tier, third-tier running backs in the draft, he's a guy who could emerge as a starter. So I think he's got a higher upside, and that's one of the appealing things. He's also a high-character guy. You can tell he plays hard and enjoys the game, and I think that's going to help him at the NFL level.
0: You know, that's uh, – Cedric Behrman, we, we talked a little bit about him uh, last night. Actually, I've got him uh, ranked about 20th overall. Um, Another uh, running back that that I want to throw out that uh was like, who the heck is that, was uh, this Jeremiah Johnson from Oregon. Uh you know much about him, Nick?
3: Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm a West Coast guy. I grew up in California, so the Pac-10 has always kind of been my conference. And I have seen Johnson play a little bit throughout his career. I know early in his career he was good enough to split time with Jonathan Stewart, so. It's mean, pretty impressive to be able to keep him off the field a little bit. Uh, he's a quick guy, not the biggest guy. I don't know. He had a pretty good year this last year. I don't know if he's got the special qualities that I would look for from the starter, but he's someone who could maybe be uh, fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick, come in, make a team, and maybe contribute in a reserve role. And if the starter goes down, he's got a little bit of talent. He's got a chance Um Oh okay. that's a good cool. player, just just um not exceptional, I would say,
2: yeah, I noticed you had eleven running backs listed, and his name wasn't on there <laughs> um, yeah. and and i and he's kind of been off my radar for sure um you 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 do have a couple of other names that we're obviously familiar with, but you also have andre Brown higher than that uh than than most uh i would imagine at number five
3: right, well, I'm getting the impression that his stock is a lot higher than the public is aware of. I think he's going to go off the board a little bit earlier than people expect. And I've actually been following him for a while because I play in a college dynasty league. And so I actually picked him out of high school in the first round. Uh, So I've been following him for a while. He's a big guy, pretty good athlete, but he's he's one of those guys who's almost better on paper than he is during the games. He definitely didn't play up to his hype. He wasn't that productive. He had a lot of injury problems. I would say instincts are a question mark with him, but then it comes back to the upside, and that's what's going to get him drafted. He's a big guy. He runs a four-three forty, and he's got the potential. If everything clicks, he's got the potential to be a starter, and I think that's that's what gives him the edge over some guys who are maybe safer picks but don't quite have the physical gifts that he has.
2: Yeah, definitely definitely a big physical back at 220 pounds. I mean that's. Yeah. He's got good speed and, and I didn't see a lot of I didn't catch a lot of NC state games. Uh whatever happened to uh you know, I, I didn't see um uh, I, I didn't see his name listed either. Um the Wisconsin back that, that played, you know, so well. Kinda of, kind of Yeah, yeah, real. Hill.
3: <laughs> yeah whatever, Hill. whatever happened to him? Um, I don't know. There's nothing I think there. Got, I he's more like I a Rondane. Yeah, I haven't been following him because my first impression was that this guy doesn't have a chance, frankly, but I think he even has some legal trouble recently. Like, he may have been arrested in, like, a chase with the police. Uh, someone would have to verify that, but I think I heard something about that. I don't know. He's, he's just someone I'm staying away from, so I haven't been following what's going okay. on. Okay.
2: I don't want to beat that horse. Now, the number two back on my board after Moreno is LaShawn McCoy, and – that's just a, a a guy that I've uh, really enjoyed watching. Uh, just just seems like the type of guy that can come into the league, um, you know, and and have the impact like I saw from D'Angelo Williams, you know, this past year. He just seems like the type of guy with that type of upside. Do you see that same type of upside in him?
3: Yeah, I do. I've flip flopped on him a little bit. Initially, I had him kind of low, and then I had him really high, and now he's kind of low again. I mean, on the field, he's impressive. He's got really good quickness. He's fluid. Uh, he's another guy who's a big-time recruit out of high school and just kind of carried that offense on his back. And they didn't have a very good team. I watched a couple of their games this past year, and play calling was pretty bad. Uh, just all around supporting cast is bad. He was really the only thing they had going for them. And he had a productive year. He had a productive year last year. He's a good player, but I think he's a little small. And then the big issue with him is, Just looking at the game film, you kind of expected him to be a workout warrior, and then he he came in his pro day and really kind of disappointed. Ran a 4.5, which is fine, but had really poor numbers in the vertical leap and broad jump, which is something I look at from a running back because I think it indicates uh, what kind of explosiveness and strength they have in their lower body. And to see him kind of disappoint in those drills was uh, kind of a red flag for me. So he's moving down a little bit, but I think – if he goes to a team that uses him in the open field, kind of in a Westbrook or Marshall Falk type role, he does have the potential to be very good.
2: Well, and I, and I guess I just, uh, being a Big East fan from, of Louisville, then I, I, I catch a lot of the Big East games and kind of always keeping an eye on Pittsburgh. And, you know, Rutgers have seen uh, quite a bit of UConn as well, just from these Big East games. And, you know, this this draft class, I, this especially a running back, seems to be all over the board uh, after your, after Moreno, Moreno seems like the lock at the top and then pretty much from two to to two to eight, two to 10, it's all over the board. And I'm just, is that because looking at this year to year, which you do every year, you're always on top of this, these classes. Is that because this class is a little down from a running back perspective?
3: Yeah, I think it is a little bit down. And I also think people look for different things in running backs. I mean, if you're looking for someone who's explosive and quick, you're going to kind of gravitate towards McCoy towards Donald Brown. If you're looking for more of a workhorse type, you're going to like Sean Green. Yeah, he's not fast, but he stands out for what he is. Some people – you know, get hung up on size. Some people get hung up on speed. So everyone just kind of looks for different things, I think. And so unless you have someone who's just got everything, then it's going to be hard for people to come to a consensus. and agree. It
0: looks like to me, guys, that uh, the way I'm seeing it is uh, Andre Brown actually could maybe be that uh, uh, number two pick. He might not be that pick, but – when all is said and done, uh, when we talk maybe uh, one year from today, Andre Brown could be the guy that uh, could separate himself uh, from, from the rest other than uh, Nosa Moreno.
3: Yeah, it's possible. There's a couple of thought with him. I mean, one is that he was not utilized properly in college and that he's going to be a better pro player. So that's one way to look at it. And another way is that he's just kind of an underachiever and kind of a workout warrior, like a Chris Henry type at the Titans, got a couple years ago. Really didn't have much in college, didn't have a good career, and then just kind of blew up at the Combine and ended up going in the second round. So you never really know. I mean, that's why I have him at five. It kind of, I acknowledge the potential, but I can't really say with any confidence that he's going to make it. So who knows?
2: We also just had some chat room going, uh, chat room action here. One of the guys, uh, Trey Starks, uh, he says that uh, one of his sources just sent him an email uh, that Bolden and the Ravens are coming close to a deal. Now, this is something I've been watching real close, guys, because it just seemed like nothing was going to get done. And, and earlier today, they, you know, Arizona officials said, you know, we've only had one offer and we weren't even really considering it. Uh, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, what is going on? Are they asking for too much? Or, But uh, maybe maybe something will get done today and, and, and we'll see that uh, translate in the form of a draft day trade, which we're all looking forward to.
0: They, they broke off talks uh what was it uh wednesday or thursday scott they they broke off talks and uh next thing you know they're uh, they're talking again so uh something uh something definitely may happen with that yeah it's uh it's it's we'll just
2: have to we'll have to stay tuned now we 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 beat the running backs uh into the ground a little bit uh we didn't get to talk about Donald brown but uh uh this 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 receiver receiver class is is really what this draft is known for, right? I mean, we've got guys yeah. that as, as deep as six, seven, eight, you know, maybe even ten if you want to if you want to include some of these guys that could possibly be viable, really good starters in the, in the NFL. So so Nick, uh, we talked about Percy Harvin. You've got Hakeem Nicks next on your list. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, uh, didn't, I
2: didn't see a lot of NC, NC games, but I, I I really go off the, the YouTube videos for this guy, and seeing what he can do is pretty impressive.
3: Right. Well, everyone kind of cites that West Virginia game, which makes sense because he made a few plays in that game that are, you know, highlight real type plays, really impressive stuff, and that really helped his stock, probably just that one game. But I think it comes down to uh, whether you want a safe pick or someone who has more upside. As far as that third wide receiver spot, I mean, that's why I picked him because he kind of profiles as that low-risk, uh, low-ceiling, possession-type wide receiver, like a Jericho Cotchery. Whereas uh, Macklin and Hayward Bay, they're better athletes and they have more speed and they kind of have more star potential, I would say. But they're both bigger risks. So. You now it's just What's whether you feel
0: like uh, talking about North
3: Carolina, what's the difference between uh, Nicks and Brandon Tate? Uh, Tate's a smaller guy. I'd say he's quicker, a little more fluid. He's kind of like a Derek Mason type. Um, I don't think he has great speed, but he's fast and he's plenty quick. I think if he heals and he gets back to 100%, he could be a guy who comes out of the third, fourth round range and ends up being a really good pro. Because I like what I see on the field, so it's just a question of, you know, getting back to 100%. And then he also has a minor character stuff. I think he also failed drug test at the Combine. So that's something to keep an eye on. But the difference between him and Nix is basically you know, Tate's more of the the little speedy guy. Nix is more of a bigger possession guy, kind of gets by on his strength and power. Well, I'll tell you,
0: another wide receiver that I'm on that I think can uh, – make a difference on whatever team he goes to because it seems like we always talk about systems and, you know, you might go to this team and it might not work. You might go to that team. It might not work. But whatever system uh, this kid goes
3: to is uh, Brian Robisky. Yeah. He's not one of my favorite guys, but that's because, I mean, I'm approaching it from a, a fantasy perspective where I'm really looking for the guys who have that star potential. I see him as more of like a, a low-risk, kind of low-reward player who's going to come in and play pretty well and probably be a good NFL player. But I don't think he's every, Yeah, well, he's a bigger guy. He's, he's more of a, an outside wide receiver. But I think he's going to come in and be like that number two receiver and probably be a decent player. But I don't see the special qualities to become a star. So unless he goes to a really favorable situation like maybe the Giants or the Colts, uh, I'll probably pass on him. But I do think he can be a good NFL player.
2: Yeah, it's one of those guys that I'm hearing uh, that the Colts think they that would fit right into their system with right. with Gons and Wayne. You have to surround Peyton with weapons, and and so I don't I don't know if that's if that is a good fit or not. But uh, that's what I'm hearing.
0: <clears throat>
3: yeah, that's something to watch. I think. Um, Reggie Wayne, now everyone thinks of him as a Pro Bowler and as this great player, but when he was coming out in the draft, he wasn't touted as the next great thing. He was just kind of the other guy oh, in Miami with Santana Moss. And, uh, it was actually, I wouldn't say it was a reach, but I mean, people didn't even have him as a consensus first round pick, and then he went to the Colts and ended up having a great career. I don't think Robinski is that good, but I do think he kind of fits the mold of what the Colts have done in recent years with Wayne, with uh, Anthony Gonzalez taking guys who weren't really projected as really high picks but are just solid players who are going to come in and contribute. And he does kind of fit that mold. I don't think he's quite as good as those guys. So
2: We're breaking down NFL um, draft day action with East Bay Funk of uh, Football Guys message boards, Nick Scott. And we, uh, we have Mike Trent uh, from Brandenburg, Kentucky on Red vs. Blue. I'm Scott Atkins we've uh this is our 27th show now uh 26 straight weeks we did uh, two shows this week uh so our, our 27th show bringing you uh as much fantasy uh football perspective as we can uh in the limited time that we have uh the phone number is 347-324-5404 i think everybody's kind of getting settled in we've got a full chat room have had one all day uh but they uh they they seem to be finding their groove here and 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 uh, uh, get, getting into their their spot before the draft hits. Now another guy we haven't talked about. Uh, you know I'm, I'm going to skip over Jeremy Macklin for a second. Uh, at number six you have Kenny Britt. Uh, yeah. And what a big monster of a guy this is. And talk about how his game. I mean it, this is some Kenny Britt's been mentioned in the in the in the Browns plans that if they can pull this trade off and and get the Braylon moved over, they can spend that fifth pick on. You know, whether it be offensive line or or defense, some big guy, they can come back down later in the draft and maybe take a Kenny Britt to kind of replace Braylon. But it, if that's the case, Nick, Kenny Britt becomes a number one wide receiver on a team just like that.
3: Yeah, but it is the Browns. And I kind of feel like they're headed back towards being the Browns again, kind of the laughingstock. Oh. I'm oh. not real confident in the organization. But, yeah, I mean – Chris definitely has a chance. He's a big guy. He's got you know, enough size to be a go-to guy he's in possession, wide out. He's got good strength. He was uh, really productive the last couple of years, and he had over 1,000 yards both seasons. He runs pretty well for a big guy. He's a good athlete. There's some questions about his hands and also separation, I would say. he's not the speediest guy, even though he moves pretty well for a big guy. He's definitely not a burner. He's not going to be that downfield threat. He's more just a move the chain type of guy and a run after the catch type of guy. So I think if, if the Ravens miss on Bolden, they could maybe key in on Britt because he kind of fits what they're looking for. I think. But.
2: Do any of these guys remind you of Dwayne Bow, uh, Brandon Marshall? Can you make some comparisons to some of those guys or because th- their, their games seem to translate well, uh, you know, right. sort of like the T.O. style, the big guy that the you right. can hit. You know, Bolden's a big guy, but he just didn't uh, didn't think we had it all put together at the time. But any of these guys fit together like that uh, as far as size and speed?
3: Well, it's always hard to draw a direct comparison because it's really rare for two people to be exactly alike. But I, I actually think Crabtree is kind of in that mold. He's uh, not fast, really, but uh, he's going to catch the ball, and he's athletic after the catch. And he's got really long arms. And, Strong upper body. I think that's his style is going to be the run and catch type of receiver, like Bolden, Owens, um, kind of cut from that cloth. And to a lesser extent, I think Nick's is like that. And yeah, Britt too. I would say those those three guys are more the power type wide receivers, whereas uh, the other guys who are going to go earlier, are more the speed type. Of and,
2: and I and I've seen Crabtree listed at six three, and and I'm hearing he's nowhere near six three. He's like one, if you give him a good day.
3: Yeah, he's one, I think, but he does have a really big wingspan, which helps him, and uh, he catches the ball really well. It's important, obviously. I mean, that's what you're getting paid to do. <laughs> it's something yeah, that, that's that, overlooked a lot. Yeah,
2: I think that's what Fitz was, was known for. You throw it in right. the red zone, he's going to grab it.
3: You know? Yeah.
0: What
2: about... Well, uh, I've
0: uh, I, I, I kind of looked at this draft, and... Uh, Two months ago, I said it was crap. And, uh, you know, the closer we get to it, the more excited I get about it.
1: You always Uh, warm
0: up. Talking with uh, you, uh, Scott, and obviously Nick, uh, you know, the closer you get, what, we're an hour and a half way, hour away, uh, the more excited you get. But I I still believe it's a down draft. Uh, But something you said, Nick, uh, that made a lot of sense is – not concerned on where they go, uh, whether it be uh, in the second round or so-and-so, but uh, yeah. how, they're, you know, how they're going to do once they get there. And I think right. that's something that all uh, fantasy owners, um, dynasty owners, uh, high-stake owners need to, you know, it's something for me that I just basically put in the back of my mind is it's not, you know, where they're going, it's how they're going to do once they get there. And
3: uh, that was a great point, and I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, last year uh, I think definitely taught me that lesson because uh, my rankings were a little bit off, and uh, I missed out on some of those guys who ended up doing really well. And I think it was because I wasn't looking at the situation enough. I mean, if you're a running back and you go to a team where you're the best back on the roster, even if you're not a great running back, you're the best back on the roster, yeah, you have a chance to do well. So I think if you see someone go to Cleveland, go to Arizona, maybe Seattle, some of these teams that don't have a lot in the cupboard, and that could give them a chance at success where whereas if they go somewhere behind a great starter, they're never going to emerge because they're not good enough to beat out a great player, but if they have that opportunity given to them, they can take advantage of it.
2: I'm just sitting here watching uh Detroit Lions first round pick since 2004 and you know, to see him taking Mike Williams and Roy Williams and Kevin Jones, to see all these guys that just, for whatever reason, aren't working out. Yeah. Uh, man, what – What? Kevin Jones. I mean, I, you know, that guy was – you know, that was the yeah. draft class with Kevin and yeah. Julius. and look, right. What a draft class that appeared to be. And, and you look at it just four or five years later and it's, you know, crap.
3: It's pretty typical though i think people get a little too excited when they see someone come in and do reasonably well they kind of assume that they're going to be the real deal in the long term this is something i see every year without fail i mean it happened last year now everyone's picking slayton forte and chris johnson in the top 10 and maybe one or two of those guys will be worth it in the long run but then you just go back a couple years we had the exact same thing with lawrence moroni joseph adai Reggie Bush. Now D'Angelo Williams is looking like a great player out of that class. And Maurice True right. had a great career, yeah. but I
0: really,
3: it's a dangerous game to uh, assume that every young player with talent is going to be a great player, because there just aren't that many of them, and most of them aren't going to pan out in the long run.
2: And I think I think I remember you advocating wide receivers with the longer, uh, when you're in Dynasty Startup drafts, uh, you, you, you've been looking and trending the last couple of years towards wide receivers, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. I kind of learned that lesson the hard way, actually. I mean, I've been playing Dynasty for a few years, so I've kind of learned. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've kind of learned from my own mistakes. In one year, just going back a few years, talking about that class with Kevin Jones, I had a Dynasty team with Deuce McAllister, Julius Jones, and Kevin Jones. And I think it was after the 2004 season, all of those guys were considered top 10 running backs. Right. And, <laughs> and now look at them. I mean, now they're just worthless. And I, I just watched this one by one. They just fell like dominoes and yeah. it just kind of opened my eyes to the volatility of that position. I mean, these guys get hurt or they're just not as good as you think they are. And I think usually if you look at the wide receivers, if you can get like the really good guys like uh, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, you Corey fit. Holt, Chad Johnson, yeah, if you can get those guys, they're going to give you several years production. They can even play until they're thirty four, thirty five, thirty six. That's, that's probably
0: that's a better our uh <clears throat> Nick because uh thinking about that year of the quarterbacks when it was so uh so terrible with Achilles Smith and uh, Tim Couch.
3: Right, right McNabb uh, what
0: Donovan McNabb ended up uh he he was a star of that group but there was a ton of quarterbacks in that year and you know Donovan was pretty much it. The rest of them
3: didn't do much at all and so yeah
0: that's well, important to remember Hard to
3: tell. yeah and even with first round picks I mean I know we get excited about these guys and as the draft as we build up to the draft we kind of kind of uh get carried away maybe with the our opinions of their abilities because probably only 50 to 60 percent of the first round picks are going to become good players so that's hey. just something important to remember
2: I don't know if anybody's watching NFL Network right now. They just scrolled something across the screen. I don't know if you guys caught it. Something about a trade. Uh, they will make a trade or trading that pick to the Jets. Did you guys catch what that was?
0: I just turned it on. I
2: Maybe. I
3: didn't see that.
2: Yep, I just I just caught the end of it. It was, a, it was a breaking news down at the bottom. So if there's anybody in the chat room that knows, uh, there's a lot of you in there, uh, what that news was. So the Jets will get that reported here. Uh, there was a story we did last night. Uh, Nick and it was regarding uh before we get and break down just any little bit of tidbit that you have there on the tight ends in the draft, we were we were talking with a guy who was in a dynasty startup draft last night. He has a twentieth pick, okay, in a twelve team league, basic rules like we're always used to, PPR. And at the twenty he was picked twenty one and at pick twenty, D'Angelo Williams was still on the board.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: D'Angelo and Dwayne Bowe was still on the board. Now Doesn't that seem a little – how can you put 20 players ahead of D'Angelo Williams in a startup dynasty draft?
3: I think the thing that scares everyone is uh, Jonathan Stewart because you just don't know what role he's going to play there. I mean, he's not just going to disappear. And I know D'Angelo had a good year last year, but if those guys are trading carries, it's going to be hard for one of them to emerge the guy consistently.
2: that's probably, that's probably what's going on. But I find it interesting how these players skyrocket from one year to the next, and, and especially They're the and rookies. Uh, you know, just like you were pointed to earlier back in 2004, when 2005 Dynasty drafts rolled around, that year two for those rookies, you saw Julius and Kevin Jones and all those guys being drafted in the top right. ten.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: And this year it's the same thing. You have Chris Johnson drafted in the top ten, Matt Forte, uh, a couple of guys with, with, their, with one, only one year in the book. Displaying uh, planning guys like Steven Jackson, Reggie Wayne, uh, Tom Brady, you know, Steve Smith, all these guys that have been in the league and, and you know what you're going to get year to year, it, it seems like that's a trend that we see. So yeah. I thought I would pull up this draft, and you tell me, if you're in a startup dynasty draft, you've got D'Angelo Williams and Dwayne Bowe available here. Would you, would you uh, take either of those guys over the guys that were picked here? Just a little fun exercise. You up for it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, obviously, Fitzgerald, Adrian Peterson, Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson started off this draft. Uh, then you went. Then it got to Chris Johnson.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not 100% sold on him, but you know, he's got the opportunity. At least he's definitely the best back on the roster. He was their best offensive player last year, so I can see it. I don't know if I'd make that pick myself, but I can't really okay. knock it.
2: Okay, and I'm going to assume MJD you take over D Will and, and Bo Matt Forte.
3: No, I mean I think people know I'm not a big fan of this game, and I would go in another direction definitely.
2: Yeah, that was that's right. That, you were you were the uh, that was the controversial uh, post of the off season. I think the Forte uh, the Forte thread, yeah. and that's an entertaining read if you guys can check that out. Greg Jennings.
3: Yeah, I am a big fan of Jennings, so I would okay. take him there. I think he's going to be a Tory Holt type, uh, Reggie Wayne type, really consistent producer for several years.
2: Well, we had a very hard time getting to 20 last night, so we're we're at pick nine right now. Steven Jackson.
3: Um, I I think I would take him. He gets hurt a lot, but he's really good when he plays. Okay, he's proven fair far. enough. He's still young.
2: Um, here's one that fits into that category of – I got drafted to a team. I was high. My, my, The upside was very high going into the draft, but I got drafted to a team that already had Ladanian Tomlinson, and I had to sit on the bench for a couple of years, Michael Turner.
3: Hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of think he's overrated right now just because he's coming off such a huge year where everything went right with him, and he doesn't really catch passes. So unless he breaks a long run, not going to have a huge day. Well, last year he happened to break a lot of long runs, so he's definitely yeah, he good. Is. He's an older guy. And I don't know. I mean, I think I would take Bo ahead of him maybe. But I just don't really like running backs, so it's kind of an aversion. Yeah. Okay,
2: so then we go Reggie Wayne at 11. Roddy White at 12. Okay, I can understand that, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he had a great season with a with a great quarterback. Marquez Colston? Yeah, I, I guess I can kind of understand that. Randy Moss at 14.
3: I mean, he's getting old. I have him on one of my teams, and he kind of just fell to me last year. I didn't really want to take him, but sure. He's old, but the thing about Moss is he has that potential to be a real difference maker, which not many players have. So, who knows? if Brady coming back next year, he could he could give you another huge year or two. But he's probably uh, his his best days are probably behind him. I think so. I don't think I'd pick him that high.
2: Uh, and then we have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, obviously sometimes some quarterbacks go in there, Brandon Marshall at 17, Steve Smith at 18, and Anquan Bolden at 19. So, Mike, when we're trying to understand how that can happen, well, there's your list right there. Those are all guys that were drafted before D'Angelo and Dwayne Bow.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it just uh, it really surprises me uh, about those names. Uh, and I'm still not going to buy it because I, I love uh, D'Angelo, I love Dwayne Bow. So, I don't know. Uh, and one thing, I'm going to throw this name out, and uh, we'll see what happens. we got about, what, about six minutes to go. Uh, T.O., Terrell Owens, is he any value whatsoever
3: in Buffalo? Um, in a redraft, I think he does. In Dynasty, I would, wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I mean, he's really old. Got I it. just don't think he's going to play yep. long enough. But in a redraft league, if you're looking for some – some upside out of maybe a second wide receiver. I think he's he's a decent option. He played okay last year, but I, I definitely think he's past his prime now.
2: We got big yeah. news in the chat room from Trey Stark. He said he just got another email from a Jets source. The Jets are in serious inquiry with the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> so if we we could see a Sanchez uh, could see a Sanchez move here. Uh, NFL.com reports the number two pick is in play. That comes from Johnny Archive, and uh, it, it sounds like the Jets are a, a player in this Mark Sanchez sweepstakes. And you've got a new coach coming in uh, to coach, um, and, and and who knows? He's he's shaking things up. He he's only got Keller as a weapon, maybe Contry and Chauncey Stuckey. You got Clowney. You know, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. If they don't do something here, they're going to have to wait another year. And, and as a new coach in a big city like New York, I don't know if he can afford a year where Jets just sort of mire in Kellen Clemens
0: all year. I gotta, you know. Scott, I've got to ask one question, and, and this is something I need to understand. Why aren't these deals done on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Why is it just right now? I mean, why does it come down to the last minute? Right. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I mean, I. I do not understand that. That they, they got everything in place. The the combine's been a, you know, a month ago, and everything is in place. So why wait till now? Uh, you know, it could be a good move for the Jets.
2: Uh, well, it's maximizing value. I just I don't. Think. I just don't I think why they wait till the last day. I think. I think they try to get as much value as they can out of that pick. Uh, Nick, we've only got a couple minutes left. We didn't get a chance okay. to touch on tight ends, so if you want real quick, what do you see in this tight end class for some for a team needing a tight end right now?
3: Um, I don't know. I'm not wild about it from a fantasy perspective. I think Pettigrew is going to be a good starter in the NFL. He's just a solid player. He's not really a superstar, but I think he does everything pretty well. He's going to be a good pick. He'll, he'll be the first one picked. He'll come off in the first round at some point. He's not going to be a flashy player, but he'll help the team win. And then after that, probably looking at – there's several guys who have a chance, and I know some people are pretty high on the class, but I don't see anyone there who really stands out to me like a Keller or a Winslow type. Um, There's Sean Nelson from uh, Southern Miss. He's kind of just a giant wide receiver. I don't think he really can be an every-down guy because he's not much of a blocker. So I I don't know, I kind of see him as similar to maybe Jermichael Finley, who went to uh, the Packers last year. And then there's um, Jared Cook from South Carolina. He's probably the most interesting guy from a fantasy perspective, or at least right up there with Pettigrew, because he's got the workout numbers. He's a big guy, pretty fast for his size. Uh, Not real quick, though. I mean, if you look at most of the best tight ends in the NFL, they're not just big guys run. They're actually like quick and uh, uh, Winslow has that quickness and Keller kind of have the ability to create and after the catch, but I don't really see that from Cook, but I think he could be a decent player. You never know. And then uh, I know James Casey. James Casey I'm sorry, is go like, ahead, Nick. Uh, someone that a lot of people like. He's a versatile player, had a, a very productive season. The rice kind of jack of all trades a little bit of everything for them. He kind of fits that mold of a, a Cooley or a Keller move tight end and kind of run around and catch passes. But I don't think he's as athletic as either of those guys. So I don't see the upside, really. I don't see most of these guys being good enough to really warrant an early draft pick in the fantasy league. I, I want to <laughs> touch on
0: something real quick because we only got uh, less than a minute.
3: Quarterback uh, Josh Freeman. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks
3: aren't really my specialty. I don't know that much about him. I know he's a big guy, had a good career. He's improved every year in college, and he's definitely going to be a first-round pick. He, Just from, like, a draft profile standpoint, he reminds me a lot of Jason Campbell, but that might not be fair. I think he has a little more upside than him. So he's a guy, you know, when all the good receivers and running backs are gone, you could take a chance on him, but you just never know what you're going to get with a quarterback. Yeah. Could very easily to see another Losman Campbell-type guy who's pretty much useless. Thanks, so Nick. Well,
2: I want to be the first to uh, thank East Bay Funk for all the work you do every offseason. It makes this uh, time of year a whole lot of fun. Thank you from all of us at Football Guys and at Red vs. Blue. Uh, we're going to enjoy the draft, gang. We've got ten seconds. We're out of here. Enjoy the draft.
3: All right, yeah. All right. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, right. Absolutely, man. Anytime.
2: The stores are open, people buying, people trying, climbing To get to the top of the world and this morning in this they have warren a simple timing I'm taking my bills,
0: she's taking some pills He's talking behind the wheel Actors acting, rappers rapping in a drug of a deal Homeless are looking for mail The thief is looking at deals in The money you're chasing You're praying for marriage Romance in your honey I'm searching But where does it end? I'm leaning I'm calling a friend I'm running And running For someone to lend me a hand Or to help me ascend To be a top of-